We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. We got the truth. We do have the truths here. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Yes, I rent property management. Atlanta's best property management company. Collect your rent, maintain your properties, and account for it. True. We got the truth. You like that, don't you? We got the truth. We got the big truth. Small business sponsored by Yes, I rent. We and do. Indeed, fact, have the truths. Joe Watkins here with Travis Castleback coming at you with a new show today, Travis. You got anything to say before I introduce the show and the well, guest? Just like our guest said right before you press the button, I, I am excited about this show. We're excited about the show. This is an impromptu show, an impromptu guest. Good friend of mine, Dave Ed Forgeston. David Forgeston is here with us. Welcome to the show, bud. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. <clears throat> He, we have spent uh, many hours on motorcycle trips. Days. Days. Many days. Days and days and hours and hours. Having all uh, lots of philosophical discussions. So he actually is a great guest for the show, cause, as we love to, 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 to dig deeper than the typical business show. We're not giving APCs and one, two, threes here. We're giving... Maybe that, but with 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 all of the other, the psychological, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the, the the all the different facets of what really come together for any business person to be effective or not effective, and so we're talking about today. The 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 show is called, at least at this point, I have named it. There has been some debate on this, but I have named this we're, show. We're, we're two minutes in. When discontentment show. drives everything you do with David Ferguson, our guest. David Ferguson owns an insurance company called Bogro Insurance Group at bogroinsurance.com. Primarily sells Medicare supplements and Advantage Plus plans. Advantage right? plans, yeah. Advantage plans. And, uh, and, and his biggest complaint in his business is that he's bored, you know, just doesn't require a lot of effort. It's really easy for him. Got a lot of extra time actually has been a, a, a key part, maybe in our discussion around our discussion around discontentment and how possibly you are working every day through your discontentment. Does that, does that get you, well, does that get you excited at all, David? I just, I just Travis, I mean, you look at me funny. David, I want to go ahead and say it so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, that, thanks. His intro is nothing like any of the seven that we discussed. Okay. Is that, do you feel like that's accurate? <laughs> yeah, well, okay. I, I, yeah, I didn't uh, follow that uh, 100% at the end. I mean, I got the beginning. Yeah, no, when, when discontentment drives what you do. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah. And then I want to introduce that you know, what you did. And, uh, and so that's, that's just the insurance is really, you know, what you do, but the story of where you came from is really the intriguing part. I think the audience does need to have some background as we move into this topic. Sure. So let's give us some, I guess I, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do that, but I guess I just want to clarify one thing about the, you know, being bored in the insurance business. (laughs) (laughs) 
just because that doesn't, you know, that doesn't just a little bit of a joke. Guys. A, yeah. Meaning I've been bored forever. That's like, right. that's right. You know, it doesn't matter. We're going to tie that knot up. It doesn't matter what I've uh, been doing. Um, it's never enough. Right. You know, that's kind of. You just kind happen of, to be in the insurance business. Right. Yeah. That, that actually could have been a title. So it's never enough. It's yeah, that's I think, right. I think you actually said that. It's I, never enough. I think I did yeah. say that. Well, give us a little background uh, in, in a, uh, to, to let the audience know kind of where you're coming from. Cause I think that's, that's real important in this show. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so just real generally speaking, um, grew up and had a, uh, a real experience around age 20, um, you know, uh, where um, spirituality became a huge part in my life. Uh, I, I had um, some wild experiences, you know, won't go into the details of it on the show, but you just say lived a bit of a, a, a wild and crazy-ish life um, while you know, doing the normal things that kids do, go to high school, go to college, make good grades. Um, you know, while I was, I was doing, doing fine and all that, but I was also having this other side of life that was pretty, you know, wild and crazy. And, and eventually I, I couldn't really hold it all together, have this, uh, spiritual experience and really it was an encounter with God and, um, then turned extremely, uh, religious into um, the uh, a certain brand of Christianity where um, I then you know studied the Bible constantly went to Bible college and met a woman um, the love of my life we've been married for I should have known that right off the top yeah, you of should my have. Head. <clears throat> especially as I send the show to her we got married in 2007 I'll just say it like that <laughs> pretty that. slick yeah we don't have slick. to have to do the math like that. But anyway, um, so, so, um, moved out to the mission field. We became missionaries, uh, in India, lived there for four years. Then we became missionaries in Switzerland, lived there for three years. Then we moved back here, did some business and then got into, you know, what I'm doing now. We've been, uh, here now for seven years. So, um, that's kind of the, the, what we did, um, but I can, I can tell you that my life has had a continuous feeling of what's next. Like I've, I've constantly, no matter what I was doing, I was always thinking about what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Not, and there was, there was nothing wrong ever really with, you know, at least from age 20, um, there was nothing wrong with what I was doing, but it wasn't enough. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, like everybody's felt that way um, at some point. Where, where do you think that came for you? Where do I think it came for me? What, what do you, where mean? Do you where think it came from? That I mean, where, where, yeah, where to start? What was the the genesis of that? Gosh, I <clears throat> I don't I, I that is a great question. I just know uh, for me, it the more I've thought about this, I mean if I keep going back and back, it's just always been there. I guess something about me felt uncomfortable. Uh, I felt uncomfortable in my own, like with the way it was, whatever it was, you know, I didn't feel comfortable in my own life, in my own skin. You know, that feel, you know, like peep that expression, like 
I just wish I felt comfortable in my own skin. That's what I really want. That's what I've always wanted. Right. It reminds me of of conversations we've had in the past, Travis, about what's the one thing that everybody is looking for universally is they're looking to feel uh, considered, feel like they're valuable to the world, that they that they're significant is the word I was looking for. That they're significant. Significance. Yeah. That I, they're significant. And um, it sounds like that you weren't feeling that. Well, I'm sure, excuse me, I'm sure that is uh, definitely a part of it. I, I think that would be something that I chased as well as about a million other things, you right. know, like, so I think, you know, for example, um, I went to Bible college and I couldn't just go to Bible college. I needed to like be the most radical Bible college student there. Right. And then it was, you know, so in Bible college, so what, what do, does the, you know, the top students do? Well, you know, they become preachers and what, you know, what's the most extreme type of preacher? Well, the missionary. And then it was like, so what's the most extreme type of missionary? Well, the ones that go to a third world country, you know, and then it's like, well, what's the furthest away third world country? So then I'm thinking India, it's on the opposite right. side of the globe. So like everything, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm definitely looking for validation. I'm definitely looking to shine um, and to do, you know, really risky, almost crazy things. Right. Um, and, and, and I, I seem to repeatedly do them I seem to have some measure of success and I get some accolades and yet it's not enough. I just, I, 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 you know, it, it seems like, well, there's purpose, you know, there's your calling there. You're, 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 you're doing it and your gifts are operating. You know, I, I built a, a ministry over there and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of students, Bible college students there. I built a Bible college and ministry and, and it, it grew and, and, um, and yet the whole time that I was doing that, I can honestly say in my head, I was imagining what's next. What will be better than this? Like surely the grass will be greener on the other side when it's, you know, when there's two Bible colleges or six Bible colleges or, you know what I'm saying? Oh, this is such a fundamental principle of the big truths. And we could, we, I'll use another example to, to convey that same thing, which would be if I just had 10 more thousand dollars a year, mm. uh, if I just had another $500 a month, another $5,000 a month, if I just had that, then I would be okay. And then you get it. Right. And then it, it, it's not, not quite. I mean, I, that didn't quite get the car I was looking at. I mean, if just another $2,000 a month. Yeah. And then you, you find yourself like, well, I, I am thankful, but right. Then you start feeling guilty because you're sitting in a position where you're, you know, from the outside, you're living the dream. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yet you feel guilty because you don't feel like that, that it's enough. It's enough. Yeah. So, so mm. you can see on the outside, you know, well, things are going really well for me. And a lot of people, uh, comparatively, there's a lot of people. I mean, you take the global population, 
then there's a huge amount of people who would kill to be, you know, having this kind of lifestyle. And yet why, so why is it though that inside it's not enough? I think this is pretty common in the business world among people that we would call serial entrepreneurs. Mm. And so the the feeling is because I, I mean I relate to what you're saying in a lot of ways. You know, again, maybe it fleshed out differently for me in in some respects. But you know, I have a pull, and the older I get, the more I recognize this perhaps for what it is. Which I, I have this pull towards something else. Doesn't and it does matter what the something else is. I'm gonna be wrong. I don't want to say it doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. But there's always a sense that there's something going on over here. I'm not sure what that something is but it's probably better than what's going on right here in front of me, right? So I've got this pull to go find that, to kind of go constantly seek that. And guys like maybe you and me and Joe, certainly, I mean, Joe and I have operated multiple businesses that I think people on the outside looking in would be, hey, that's successful. We, 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 you know, we would love to do that. I mean, so many businesses fail in the small business world. Well, we haven't really done that so much. So we, we've been on the successful side. So people and society and friends might even see us, see you as just this very successful guy. Everything this guy touches kind of turns to gold. But the yeah. backdrop to yeah. that is you're actually trying, trying to, uh, you, you're almost trying to fill your cup with the next thing, right? Is that, is that kind of your, your version of it? Um, well, I, I totally relate to what you said. I mean, that you, you said that really well, um, the, the description. I just know that for me, um, my head, what I think about, it's always in the future. I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I have the, I, I historically, up until now, I historically have had a really hard time being present being engaged truly with what I'm doing. Sure, I may be moving pieces around. Yes, I'm yes, I'm working. Yes, I'm ministering. Uh you know, yes, I'm 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 a dad and I'm a husband and I'm I'm doing all these I'm having all these roles and I'm doing it, but I'm really I'm doing it in such a kind of a controlled way or or I don't want to say fake way, but in a in a way that while I'm doing it, I'm also obsessively thinking about what's next. Absolutely. Because if I, if, I, if I don't think about what's next all the time, I start to feel really uncomfortable with what is. Well, I think that the reason why we're doing this show, because I, I think this is a probably more common out there than, because than, it's just not discussed. It's hard. It's hard to get environments where you're having these discussions because mm-hmm. you even feel kind of guilty about having them. If somebody's not in the same plight as you or the same status or social status, whatever it, you know, this was what made uh, me and Travis's relationship so beneficial. Is there? There's so many similarities that we've been able to strip back, strip back the the, the mask mm-hmm. a lot deeper to to reveal some of these things. And so the show. We love bringing this to the show because this is stripping the mask back a little bit, right? And 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 trying to figure out, hey, the, the, first of all, this is it's not just me. Like this is this is somewhat normal. We've had some lengthy discussions around my yeah. similar issues that that manifest differently. Um, you know, for example, I, I'll say this on the air. Um, 
here's what I would describe my sensation to be. It's how do I prevent myself from feeling flat or flat lined? I've used that term a lot. Um, Like I feel, what does that mean? Somewhat of a nothingness. Mm -hmm. And so in order to counteract nothingness, then I'm, I'm running towards something else to not feel nothing. And, and, I would even say that my hobbies oftentimes are helping to not feel the nothingness because it, it creates endorphins and adrenalines. You know, we ride motorcycles together. You know, I love to ride fast. I think you do too. <laughs> uh, I know you do in fact. <laughs> and man, what do we get from that? Well, we're, 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 we're feeling something because something's actually happening physically through the adrenaline and that kind of thing. And I go play golf and play, you know, competition golf to, for that competitive edge. So I don't feel flatlined. Right. And so, so then, so what we're discussing is, okay, I, I feel, I feel flatlined, uh, or you feel discontent. And we're running towards something. Well, where's that discontentment come from? How do we counteract that? What are some, you know, and you're going to discuss some things you've, you've you've done of late that's that's because you're in the middle of sort of trying to figure all that out we all are I mean, this is a journey this is not a a, right. a destination right mm-hmm. and that's and that's really part of our lengthy discussions that we have had and that travis and i've had around um i've really struggled with the journey of life like the journey of my business taking taking you know having some sense of of accomplishment throughout the process versus that end result. And, and I think if anything, we can get somebody to learn from the show today is it's not all about the end result. If COVID didn't teach us something, 700,000 people died recently. They never got to whatever that end result was, especially if it's, you know, 10 years from now, I'll be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you in the, in the, in the journey of whatever you're doing, find contentment. Otherwise I'll go back to my title you may actually be chasing discontentment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Unintentionally, right? <laughs> yeah, you're Unintentionally. To, Unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Travis? No, I think all that's true. I think that it looks, um, you know, a little bit different for, for everybody. I, I would be curious for you, David, um, you know, as we age, uh, and you're younger, you're a younger guy. I'm not putting you in the boat with me and Joe just immediately, uh, <laughs> but you, you know, we view you as a younger guy, but, but maybe you've lived a few lifetimes. All uh, right. From getting to know you a little bit. You know, I was talking to Joe the other day and we're going over, you know, just how we feel. And honestly, a lot of this, I, mean, I just, I don't know why I feel this way, but I do, I shouldn't, but I do and all that stuff. And one of us said to the other, I don't remember which one it's, it applies equally to both of us based on where we're at in our life. It said, uh, you know, I think this could be what they call a midlife crisis. Mm. Yeah, you Which, said that, and I was like, oh, crap, I think it is. <laughs> our, my first instinct is to always run from that for like, oh, wait a minute. You're trying to basically say decisions I'm making, I'm making them in an irrational or, way. Or maybe I brought Randy asked me. It's a crisis. Randy asked me, uh, Randy Dye, which was on our show, missionary. I, I was on a little ride, just me and him. And I, and I was still struggling with, and he was like, have you ever considered that like this is actually your midlife crisis and i'd never had considered and i was like oh that sucks randy Mm. it it, yeah 
like, what is a midlife crisis? It's when you're looking back going, well, I didn't really accomplish what I thought I would. I'm not, I'm not who I thought I'd be. I, I, I'm not as significant as I thought I'd be. I didn't accomplish like what I, like I should. I should have parented differently. I should have did money differently, whatever. You're mm-hmm. also seeking a, a, a feeling that either escapes you or maybe you never had. And, and you're feeling, I think the midlife part of it comes from, I'm feeling a sense of time is running out here to figure it out. And like you, I'm always looking to the future, which, by the way, never gets here, right? right. That's a always personality thing. So we, we would probably experience midlife more greatly. Absolutely. Because we have always done that anyway, and then it stacks well, the that, deck. That's my point with David. It sounds mm. to me like mm. some of, like David, maybe because of his makeup, who he was, and kind of some of the adventures he, he had been on, started experiencing it early in terms of this, hey, I'm running out of time to do this. I need to go. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And I could be way off. Yeah. Well, I, I know, I mean, my, my MO looking back, um, I'm extremely impulsive and I, I move fast. I, I, I do things quickly. So, um, yeah, even though, um, uh, 37 years old, that wouldn't be quite midlife. Um, but it is for sure been a topic in my household over the last three to four years when I just, you know, seem to be in a funk and I, and and it's obvious, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's, there's nothing wrong with my life. Everything is great actually. Um, and yet on paper, right? Yeah. On, yeah. on paper from the outside, you know, yeah. outside looking in, but, um, you know, it's definitely been discussed out loud. You know, I've heard, we talked about it, me and my wife, like, maybe this is just, this is what a midlife crisis is like, you know, so the, this word has been definitely, thrown around. I mean, I do own a Jeep Wrangler and a motorcycle. <laughs> That's true. So, um, and you were, and, and by the way, this impromptu interview here with, with David was him buying a motorcycle for his wife. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so trying to get, you know, the wife ride, get her involved. And, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it seems like a great idea, right? I like that. Yeah. Um, so, so it, Though that word, you know, that midlife crisis word, it's been thrown around quite a quite a lot, and so naturally, I think that's what you know, guys in particular think about. But for me, a little bit of my self discovery has been, I'm not having a midlife crisis. I'm I've been having this exact same life crisis <laughs> from I I mean, starting back when I was a teenager. Mm. I mean. It's the, it's the same thing over and ago, over and over. And I just, I try something new and then something new and then something new because it's never enough. Um, I'm just, I, and, and, um, for sure, if I look back, I think, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am I so unique? Why am I so different? Why do I feel like so strange? Everybody else seems fine. And yet the truth is, like, I think, Joe, you said that I, I do think a lot of people listening are going to be able to identify a, a similar pattern, you know, at least to some degree. You know, I, I'm sure there's a spectrum of extremism. Sure. I don't know that everybody moved to the other side of the world, you know, and, and did stuff like that or rides motorcycles. But I think a lot of people, you know, try to distract themselves or try to move on to a next thing or or just analyze things a lot of people just think over and over again read books think about stuff and analyze and think and and you can just um be lost in once i figure this out once i figure this out it'll be better 
you know, still a future, future mentality, It's still a future mentality. Like, uh, you know, once I figure it out, once my vision is clear, you know, I'm just going to keep on visioneering and build this vision in my mind and blah, 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 blah. Once you get into a little bit, uh, uh, cause you, you've had some of late, some aha moments and you're yeah. trying to be self-aware about what's going on and trying to figure out how to move through it. Sure. Start talking and giving some, some, what you've been doing and what's been working. Yeah. Um, well, so, you know, uh, I definitely think I, I, again, I hope that some people can relate to this, but I think that, um, there has to be some kind of action. Um, I've tried, I've read a, a lot of books, self-help genre, tons of religious books, different, di- even, you know, into different spiritualities. And, you know, um, I've done quite a bit of that kind of thing, thinking and thinking. Um, but I, I would say uh, action is important. And so um, I, I just got so you know, again, in, in the life crisis, I got so low, um, that I, I really didn't know what to do. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll share this on, on the show because, because it really happened. Um, you know, I just wasn't feeling good. And it was on one of these motorcycle trips where, uh, Randy, you know, the same, uh, missionary guy, he asked me, you know, if I could do anything, what would it be? And, uh, and I said out loud, uh, I'd, I'd run away. Yeah, I was there. It was, uh, uh, I mean, our last show was, uh, was, 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 was Dan Arsenault. It mm-hmm. was on his back patio. Right. It was, it was about nine o'clock at night, dark. You were, look, you were staring out in the woods almost <laughs> as if that's where you were running. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was intense. And, and the reason is, uh, the reason why I said that is because I could not escape this insatiable craving for the next thing i mean it just my my discontentment was so overwhelming um and i had tried so many things you know like you know find your purpose in life like i have done so many different things in different ways and da 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 so i was uh i was in a hopeless state well well explain to me because you said you got to take action and then you just said hey i took all kinds of actions that didn't work so Right. What do you mean action? Okay. So, so in that, in that hopeless state, you know, I did come across some people who shared, um, who, who shared a similar journey that they had. And, um, and what they, what they talked about was, you know, overcoming the selfishness, the self-seeking, um, the dishonesty, the, uh, the fear, Um, you know, and that all sounds great. You know, I've read all that in books, but you know, how do you do that practically? And and the, the answer is, is pretty simple. You know, it's in the Bible. I mean, the Buddha talked about it. It's, it's, you know, denying self and actually, actually helping other people, putting yourself second, um, to, to other people. Um, and what I guess, you know, the only, the only, thing to give that any power is to say, you know, that's a lot easier said than done to actually do it, you know, day in and day out, um, changes a lot. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Cause we're, we're so naturally selfish. 
we are, where we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it. And the way, I mean, and I'll just tell you my way, I, I mean, I don't think a whole lot of people wouldn't tell me that I'm naturally selfish. I mean, I take good care of my family, my kids. I, I pretty much show up to a whole lot of things. Now, again, I will tell you that my wife would say, yeah, you're here, but are you really here? And that goes back to the, the disengagement stuff. So, um, so again, uh, that has changed for me in, you know, listening to other people that have similar struggles with this same stuff. That's what I started to do regularly. Mm. And when I heard them discuss the same problems that I had, I could so relate to that pain that I was truly listening and I could see, you know, the, the same struggle. And, and mm. that gate, that was like my first steps towards stepping outside of myself and actually seeing other human beings instead of just objectifying them and using them as part of my own consumption. Uh, you know, again, the insatiable craving just to consume and consume and consume, including people and relationships. Sure. Like, what can you do for me? Sure, I'll scratch your back, but I, I'm doing it because you're going to scratch mine back. Well, I, you know? You know, this is big. I, I want to I slow down a little bit on this because uh, I think that I, I just want to break this down a little bit. Okay. So the, the, so the, the first thing that had to happen was there actually had to be some self-awareness around that I had to do something different. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of these things that were, you were doing things different, you hadn't quite realized yet um, what the different meant because yeah. you hadn't quite figured out that it was your own selfishness right. that was the root of the problem. I was trying different things. Right. But I was doing all the different things in the exact same selfish way. Exactly. You had a pattern that you were continuing and you didn't, you, you weren't getting off the pattern. Right. You got off the pattern when uh, you, you, you got around the right people. Right. That were feeling and going through some similar things. Right. And uh, now they became, I think this is the, this is important. They became, um, they, they became a trusting audience for one, because they're, they're in it too. They're, they're they've experienced so similar of issues that you can't write off what they're saying and what the experience is. That's exactly right. Because <clears throat> yeah, cause it, uh, when they would tell their story, it sounded exactly like my story. So I think point one here is one, we all know this, this is for any addict. This is for. And what we're saying, when we chase and chase and chase and chase, you can put sex in there, drugs in there, alcohol in there, work in there, um, food, food shopping, in there. Yeah. Binging on Netflix. Fill it in, right? <laughs> yeah. Fill it in. And so uh, you got, so the first thing is you got to be self-aware enough that I got, I, I got, something's got to change. Otherwise nothing changes. Then, uh, it, what I'm hearing is advice to get around, get around people who not only uh, alcoholics don't need to be around alcoholics that are, that are still denying the, that they're an alcoholic, right? Alcoholics need to be around people who are alcoholics, who are actually doing something about it. They already are in the process of trying to figure some things out. Mm -hmm. They're, they're working on themselves. Mm -hmm. 
And so, uh, so you surround yourself with people who actually care about being better and, 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 and finding something different. And you learn something in, in those experiences. And you learn about new, even new resources, new people you can trust, new thoughts that come to mind, or just a friend that you can call on. Um, I, I don't know. I just think that was pretty well, We talk impactful. about that all the time. We, uh, so there's a, a few reoccurring themes, and it just seems like the show brings them out over and over. Where it's not intentional, but um, this idea of community, which is really what I, I guess you're discussing, finding the, the community of people where you can kind of, you know, the board of directors, Open as you the call door them, and say that. Well, I think there's two versions of. It. I, th- I think there's looking down the line and going, you know, I think that guy or that group of people, they've got something I don't, mm. and I and I'm I'm old enough now. I, d- I didn't know it when I was a teenager, although my parents tried to tell me, hey, you're going to end up just like your friends. You are going to end up just like your friends, right? Eventually, you hang around those five people long enough. And if they're gym rats, you're probably going to have muscles. <laughs> and if they're, you know, robbing liquor stores, you're probably robbing liquor stores after a little while. And this is something that we can't escape. Uh, I think we think about it a lot of times negatively. Like we hang around the wrong group or the wrong crowd, you become like them. Yeah, but if you hang around the right group and you hang around the right crowd, you also you start to look more like them. Become, yeah. Come like them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, uh, I, I, I saw people who could identify with my story, you know, the, the lifestyle of never enough, you know, whether it's moving, um, moving from one place to the next, switching career after career, you know, on and on it goes. Um, and, and seeing people actually content and feeling comfortable day to day in their own skin. Um, and, and, you know, and, and the solution was to overcome, not just intellectually, not just because the Bible says so, but an experiential transformation of um, actually putting other people ahead of yourself. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you give of yourself authentically and for free, the return on that, you're not doing it for the return. Mm-hmm. And that what, that's what makes it authentic. Right. But the return on that is, is immeasurable in ways that you never could p- perceive yeah. if you were trying to do it for a return. You, you, really, mm. you really can't. And, and I heard that. I mean, I've heard that for years. You know, uh, but you have just, to do it to experience it. But you have to actually. See, that's the tricky thing. <laughs> so what was your, so what, what was your first experience where you did that that you felt that way what were you doing that you were given is that something you could talk about well yeah i mean the main thing is uh showing up and being available and and i actually you know probably the most the most painful thing in all truth is the way that i was around my family um, because I was so consumed with thinking about what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Even though, you know, my, my job and even as a missionary before that, um, you know, my work, my business, um, it's, it's, I've designed it so flexible that I had a lot of free time to be at home and be with the family. That wasn't your excuse, right? (laughs) Right. Um, but I, but I, you know, like my wife 
accused me of, you know, I was here, but it's like, I wasn't here. Mm. So, um, that's part of the first stuff that I really started to change in that, um, I just decided I'm not going to think anymore. Um, I'm going to go home, you know, when the kids get home from school and I'm just going to be there and I'm, I'm going to do whatever the kids are doing. I'm going to probably shutting off, them. shutting off the business phones. Sure. Yeah. Uh, All right. So this is th- this, this stumbles up on a theory though, that I've espoused and I'm going to have you uh, yay or nay it right, right here. So um, as a property manager over the last, I don't know how many, every years, I've been in, I've been around so many different people, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not only just screening tenants, meeting thousands of people, uh, but really more intimately dealing with the contractors who support our business, right? The, um, the carpet cleaner, the painter, the handyman, that sort of thing. And years ago, cause I'm just like you in so many ways of what you're discussing. Uh, I'd be in a house, you know, and I was a one man band. It was me and an assistant, you know, and that was it. So I'm, I'm having to be there. So I'm there. Guys come in the house, then they come in the office to get their checks. You know, I end up seeing these guys all the time. You know, they would leave, and I would think, uh, I got a bigger house. I drive a nicer car. I've, uh, in a lot of ways, if we put us in front of a jury and exposed all the stuff, people would go, well, I'll, I'll take Travis's version of small business and of mm-hmm. life here right now. Mm-hmm. And that guy would leave and get in his old ratty truck with his check. And he's super excited, by the way, about a check that probably wouldn't get you super excited. Uh, mm-hmm. It wouldn't have got me super excited, especially for the work he did for it. Good night. He's super excited about that check. He gets in that truck and uh, the contentment <laughs> and the, the, the pleasure he had around doing that trade, um, I was jealous of. I was straight up jealous of that guy. Right. And no one in this world would look at that guy and look at me sitting in that office and go, hey, that dude's jealous of that dude. What's going on with it? And it was kind of the secret thing, right? Because it, where are you going to expose that uh, uh, about yourself? Where, where do you put your value, right? Mm-hmm. If we're putting our value in things that ultimately feed us, right? that's what you're discussing. Yeah. If we're out there driving the train and we're, and we're, and we're telling ourselves, well, we're doing this because it's supporting my family. Well, maybe it did at the first... 5,000 or 10,000 a month. But I mean, at what point is supporting your family supported? You know yeah. what I mean? And so we, we, we lie to ourselves telling ourselves about all these things that we're doing for someone else. When really, when you strip it back, you did it for you. Absolutely. Joe, you know, you did it for you. Yeah. When and, and that's hard to discover. It's hard to discover. And especially if you get real, real about it, because this is the journey I've been on, is it, it, it's, it's very much a lot more pro- prolific than you really want to admit, it's, honestly. And it's And it's all the, lu- the nuances of the things you do can very well be trapped in, in, uh, in just uh, selfishness. And, well, and, and there's two things. Where, where I'm going with that is, and I'm not calling the, the contractor stupid. In a lot of ways, that guy's a lot smarter than me. I couldn't fix the stuff he did and did what he did. But here's one thing most of them were not guilty of that I think most guys like you and me who set up an environment to work for us, absolutely, to work for us, 
is uh, he's just not guilty of overthinking, which is a lot of what you're describing. I, I mean, I can't be doing this podcast and be overthinking. Uh, I, I'm not here. I'm over here. Well, I mean, I constantly did that, right? Now, that's successful in some respects. One of the reasons you do it is because those plans you made, I've talked to Joe about this recently, Joe's a, 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 and he says he's not that big of a planner. I think he's a planner. Uh, compared to me, he's a planner, right? But that doesn't mean I'm not an overthinker. Now, the guy that paints the wall, and by the way, I used to love to go paint the houses. <laughs> like I would go lock myself in a house. How weird is this? I'd go lock myself in a house, uh, knowing this wasn't a money thing, and I would put paint on a wall you know, in a vacant rental house by myself because I was able to get immediate feedback from something, and my mind would shut off. There was something about doing that repetitive task yeah, that say, my mind would shut off. There's really all kinds of things you want to go talk about that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I mean, we, we've said this is about it's never enough. Well, when, when, when some people actually don't have enough, there's a, there's a lot of contentment in that. that they're not faced with, uh, we, we talked about it here, even just with the stuff that I bought over the years in excess of enough, right? And everything you buy in excess of enough actually becomes a, another slave that you're... It owns that, you. It owns you, yeah, right? Yeah. You you bought it, but it owns you. Right. Well, the guy that gets out there and is working you know, 40, 50 hours a week, he's doing it with his hands. So that is helpful because men like to use their hands ultimately to feel good. It works. Um, he, he actually... The, the money that's coming in is kind of just getting it done. He might do, do a little something on the side to, to fill in, but he, he, he actually is not buying this car and the RV yeah, and, the, and, and looking for the bigger home. He's not even thinking about the bigger home. He don't have a version of getting to the bigger home. Yeah, but don't, don't skip what the nature of him working with his hands did. That electrician better not be overthinking. His mind better be right where it's at. Like he, he's, got, he's got actually kind of this other force working that white-collar guys no, I agree. that sit in offices, we, we just don't No, have. I agree. But, you know, there's electricians that think a lot about what they do, but what you're discussing is they're not choreographing mm. all – they're not moving the chess pieces mm. all around to their benefit in that moment. In no, the mind. no they're, 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 they're wiring a panel. They've got to be and right. If they there, don't get that they right. Be right there, doing that. That's, that's right. Yeah. But we're we're yeah. back here playing the chessboard. That's right. Yeah. As a business owner, right. oftentimes, and I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, well, well, what are we giving the business owner right now? That he 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 is moving the chessboard. Right. How do we get him to continue to do that, but then garner some contentment out of it? And 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 I think um, that it's a an illusion that he needs to be doing it his old way. Like meaning there's a, there's this idea that if you're not obsessively thinking about what's next, then it's all going to fall apart. Right. Now I agree with that. And that is fear based. Mm. If you fear based thinking, I know that, that that's is huge. Totally. That is based on the fact that you're uncomfortable, the fact that um, you're afraid. And, and that is, that's, self-focused that is and the false idea that you actually control everything and the Mm. false idea that you yeah because you of course we know intellectually we don't control everything we can't we can't control everything but in reality we are desperately trying as hard as we can to do that constantly and um so the false the the actual truth is 
when we drop those reins, it doesn't fall apart. It The exact opposite actually happens. When we start to do things for the other person, we start thinking of what's the next, just the next right thing to do. How can I be useful to someone else today? I'm going to walk in my front door. What's the most useful thing I can do? How can my wife or my kids, they can ask for something. How, how can I change my attitude from, okay, how do I make them happy while I still get to do what I want? Oh, the football game's on. Oh, the baseball game's on. You know, oh, I definitely want to, you know, go out with my buddies later. So clearly that's what I want to do, but I've got responsibilities. So I'm going to, I'm going to manage all, I'm going to choreograph this the best I can to make this a win-win. And and what if I dropped That's my, the chessboard, right? Right. Yeah. What if I dropped my agenda completely and just did the next right thing for someone else? Well, then they're going to take advantage of me. I'm, I'm never going to get to hang out with my friends ever. My business is going to be destroyed, blah, 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 blah. No, what's actually going to happen is your, is your, is your wife's going to go, hey, Dave, you need to go out with your friend. Yeah, because all of a sudden you fed so much into her. After a little while, that oh man, you filled her cup up. Now she's gonna actually help you fill your cup up. It, I mean, and and it and mm. and if so, it wouldn't even matter to you, right? Because you would begin to find such relief through practical actions, One joy of actually getting outside of yourself, because that's where all this horrible feeling is i want to give a practical example of this that that i've experienced that as i get further away from this in business the more i feel that way the more i feel disillusioned um not happy not content uh and then when i do when i do uh when i spend time focused on the people that work for you like uh, like what's best for them how to how to how to figure out what their needs are, how to serve them, how to give them the education if that's what they need, or whatever it, whatever it is that their goals and dreams are, helping them get that, that's what I'm most, have been most, we've talked about it a lot. That's, that's where I've been most content in business by far, is when I'm engaging those people, not for the benefit of what they can do for me, but what I can do for them, and it's so easy to get off of that. So the, the, the less I go to the office, the more discontent I am. The more I'm in that office and I'm engaging them and I'm listening to their attitudes and their concerns and their, then I become, start becoming, because I, I naturally do want to help people. But we, but we put ourselves in positions often where we're not accessible. We're not in, even in today's world with, 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 with everything's video, we're all working from home. I mean, how do you, mm-hmm. we're losing so many senses just in the, in the communication process. And, and so I, you know, there, to me, there's nothing replaces being in front of your people, asking how they're doing, figuring out what, what, what's going on in their life and then becoming a, a, a resource for them. And then what does that actually do? Well, they become a cheerleader for you in your business. So it's, it's so and I, you know, it's why, so why do we get away from it? Well, balance. Uh, I mean, so when you say that, because I've been so people heavy over the years, not employees, but so customer on, you know, 20 people waiting on me to call them back. I would, um, I would want to, I remember having this conversation with a pastor 
friend of mine that was serving at the church at a pretty high level, doing a lot of small group stuff, going into people's houses, being, I mean, the first guy you met that was the church guy, right? And mm-hmm. I remember going to his office one day and I said, you know, I'll be honest with you, I just want to get away from people. Like, I don't want to talk on the phone when I get off of work. I, I really, as few people as I can look at, at the end of the day, that's what I want to do because my perception was people are the problem. No, the reality was the way I was managing the business was the problem. Uh, no one needs to have 20 calls to return in the next hour or everybody's going to be angry at you. Uh, so in terms of like even serving your employees, uh, the person who is constantly too close to that and maybe doesn't get the feedback they like, maybe there's real problems around that person and employees, you know, I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the pleasure pain principle, right? There's, there's pain now, so I want to get away from it. That's not the right response. Well, and and Mm -hmm. and you get you also you know you do have to keep a fifty thousand foot view of what's going on too, or you will you will gotta have the right perspective. You you will get sucked into uh, one world and 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 lose others. So it is about balance. Balance. If you even discuss do what you're discussing wholeheartedly and don't ever back up and look at look at the chessboard again, you actually might the king might actually fall over over here while you're over here. So it is a it it is all about balance. It's about how do you do that, but then also have the, 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 the place to, in your mind and in your time to, to, to look at this issue over here, that, that if that falls apart, none of them may even have jobs. You know, we, we know that if we don't grow our business over time and it just shrinks, then I can't influence any of those people, and none of them even have jobs. So you, you, so started, a, you started earlier to, to interject the board of directors, which is one of our favorite uh, uh, methodologies here to talk to a well, small th- this business. This shows the about. board of directors, right? This well, is what we I, do I the show. Say, that, th- this specifically, though, this part here about balance within what you're doing and what you're thinking, and I think, David, I think you it sounds like you have sought this out. Uh, you're part of this motorcycle group is probably a part of that, but, you know, the board of directors – they're kind of this uh, almost third party that you've invited into your life, right? That, that's mm-hmm. able to listen to you and hear you and then speak into your life. And you've given official permission for this, you right. know, because people don't volunteer sure. <laughs> that. You've almost got to ask them. Uh, so, yeah, uh, underscore that. Pe- people are very rarely going to come to you oh, and no, tell you things that you actually don't want to hear. Yeah. You have to take the step to invite that, right. that feedback. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, have you been, you've been, so you've been intentional about that. I mean, that's what you're, Spousing to yeah again sure. and and out of desperation, yeah I mean out of out of desperation, right? Um, that's you know you you've you've got to take the step and ask for help, and that's really hard for successful you know people that are doing well and uh, don't want to look like they need help. Well, and 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 we naturally disguise as anybody's quote successful we disguise our flaws often because mm, yes. if i if i reveal this over here then then this client who who's got 40 properties with us is going to think less of me right and i can't or i, I can't be capable of, of managing them you or know? an employee or an employee yeah yeah that's right boy that's there's true a, you know fear there as we were talking about community earlier i just want to back up here because this was really pressing on me so i just want to make sure i say it i know there's probably some people listening and I've been a part of this, again, being in the church environment for a long time and a lot of small groups and having led a lot of small groups. And I understand when we get a small group of people in a room, 
one of the ways to benefit them the most, and I've seen it happen over and over, is to have kind of some transparency come out of the room, have somebody sort of share an issue and then somebody else go, hey, man, that's exactly true of me. You're not alone, right? Right. I, I can't. And while that's an awesome environment, and that's one of them we've discussed that you want to seek out, it's a horrible, uh, be good. And maybe I'll ask you uh, how, to, how to determine this, but be good before you share in that environment about knowing that that's the right environment to do it in. So here's mm. what I've witnessed over the years, and I know somebody listening to this, I'm actually thinking of a person too, but I'm just almost sort of saying this on their behalf because mm -hmm. they came to me one time and they were like, uh, man, I tell you what, um, I don't know why when we're in a room and we're talking about these things, and Joe said this, this is not Joe's, not the person, but while we're in a room talking about these things, um, you know, I feel numb about this. I don't feel anything around it. And when I shared a little bit, it didn't go well for me. And now I'm backing way up from this idea of what we're actually telling them to do. I'm not going to be a part of any of these groups. I don't want to ever, the way those people made me feel, I don't want to ever be involved with that again. So talk a little bit about how, how do we know that we're in the right room to peel back a little bit and, and get somewhere with, with this. Yeah. Um, I understand what you're saying. And uh, you know, there's a, there's a big tendency, I think, for people who uh, are not feeling well. Um, we want support. We want people to come and and uh, and make us feel better. And oftentimes, the very people that we expect to be those people when we reach out for help, um, you know, we we maybe we maybe wrongfully expect them to be you know, considerate and accepting and non-judgmental. Um, but we might, uh, we might get really hurt if, if they don't respond in that way. And so, you know, um, that's a tough spot to be in. And I, I would just say, you know, we have to be wise in terms of share a little, you know, see what kind of feedback you get. And, um, you know, that, that would be, you know, Again, what I what I shared earlier is, you know, as as I was sharing some, it, actually, it more happened the other way. People um, just kind of sharing their stories with me, and I heard such a uh, such a genuine, a genuine, no. um, and a genuine similar, such genuineness in from their side, and then such similarity to where I could um, I could respond. And and it goes back and forth like. I mean, that. I think that I think I was going to say some. The answer to is, like any relationship grows and builds, it starts with reveal, strip yourself back just a little bit, give it, see what the response is, or vice versa. Sure. Somebody share something with you, be be open for you know, and then, and that went that went okay. They they received that they they didn't judge me and then a little bit more and a little bit. So I don't think. It's very difficult just to walk in the room. Be careful. You know, of that. Yeah. Be, be very there careful. are environments where that can be, that can work, but some, um, somebody, I mean, this is an expression, you know, like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. That, yeah. That was and, thinking the same thing. And it doesn't, and that's like metaphorical. It's, there's no actual teacher and student. It's not like somebody knows everything and you don't know anything. It, 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 well, any, in any conversation, you actually can be both right sure. in, back and forth all the time. Yeah. yeah. The, I just, I think the key is your own, 
self? Like, are you, you know, are you going to start getting real and getting honest with yourself, even if it's kind of scary, even if it's kind of painful? Um, but I mean, what else can you do if you're struggling with this uh, discontentment, you know, over and over and over again, and you know, you tried everything, you've been looking for your purpose forever, you know, you might try some practical steps of, um, you know, trying to do something useful for someone else and then, and then do it again after that for, you know, and again and again, and you might see relief from this constant, um, constant need for more. Yeah. Yeah. So that purpose piece is, is we hadn't talked a lot about it, but through your act of giving, Mm. you begin to discover your purpose. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe inside of that giving, and I I think the giving can be, can look a lot of different ways, right? Because it's, it's, it's all, it's, it's all going to spark the same kind of energy and the same kind of, and you have to watch out for the giving and taking, right? Like, so, you know, (laughs) there's a, you're giving to give many of us may, may give plenty, but it, but we've got to check our motives and see, you know, what all am I taking as well? Like, is it give and take or is it give and then give? Right. You got to check then, yourself at the give. door and, and, uh, and, but, but, but through that act of giving, you begin to discover, I think, I think you can begin to discover your purpose. Um, I just feel like I have to say one more thing. Yeah. Cause that almost sounded like, Hmm, you could get self-righteous pretty quick. <laughs> you know, talking about, oh, we have to be, you know, such selfless people. And I, I just wanted to say <laughs> um, that uh, that obviously feels even worse. And, you know, um, trying to uh, act like you're, yeah. you know, it can't the, be an act. Yeah, it, it, it just can't be an it act. It can't be an act because then again, you're just, you're back into the same spiral of bondage. Oh, yeah. This is not about putting on another mask for yeah, others yeah, to see. Yeah, just, yeah. This is about actually stripping back the mask first for your own self to see. Right. But ultimately, what really creates true relationship, what makes our relationship, me and Travis work so well, is, is we just strip the mask back. I mean, there's so many layers that have been stripped back that, well, you can just, you can just, you can really begin yeah. to even see yourself. He helps me see myself. Because of the of the the depth of the relationship and the and the, the layers that have been peeled back, mm-hmm. so because we are still going to dupe ourselves at times, um, and you know your trusted advisors around you also have to know when it's appropriate to tell you the quote the truth, right? Because sometimes you're not ready for it. <laughs> it. The truth is, it is what it is, and and Travis said something earlier that's reality. Like, you know, we, we need to live in reality. We can't, um, we can't control everything. We're not in control of everything. It is what it is. We might as well just live, you know, live an honest life about it instead of, you know, the, the fake world that we try to project. And look, there's no shame either. And I know, especially in the Christian world, there's been, I've even seen arguments or or heard arguments about this. There's no shame in doing something that you know is the right thing to do because you know, it's going to make you feel good. 
you feeling good about doing good is a it, to me a, a, a God uh, is evidence it's of God in your to life, work like that. right? This is how it's supposed to work. Some, some, especially again in Christian culture, they almost want to remove any sense of I get anything. I'm, I'm just here for you, Joe. Well, that's true, but, but, but God is also reciprocating, in my opinion, and and in bringing that good feeling to you and bringing that positive positivity back to you that you're giving to people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't think you like you want to extract that from the conversation. No, you okay. can. I mean, again, it's the it's the hard conversation that we're having is is ultimately when you do these things, when you give of yourself, it does come back. You just can't. That's right. Do it with the motivation strictly for that, you know. That's right. And that's a hard line or hard conversation or hard thought so, or some would say a hard gospel. I mean, joke. you know, hard. It is the hard gospel. <laughs> We've written a song about it. <laughs> Um, you know, how do you, how do you want what you want and get, it's, it's, it's challenging, right? It's, 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 we're, we're, we're very complex beings come to find out right. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it requires, uh, uh, shows like this to kind of dig through it. Um, I, well, we're getting, we're getting, we need to wrap this up here shortly, but I do want to, um, uh, I do want to get back to the term discontentment and, and I think what you can see here uh, is that it would be potentially easy for for some of us to to chase. I call it chasing discontentment. You're really chasing other things that leads to discontentment. Um, and uh, and 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 then that becomes a self perpetual drive of 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 some sort, and. We, so we've put together uh, that based on David's experience that um, uh, you first have, obviously have to to you have to be in a place where you're, you I, I need to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that we discuss and this is what I want to kind of bring up. One of the things we discuss often is and we had a show on this I think at one point. How how do you make a decision? So part of the self awareness of this show is how do you Listen to a show like this and, and make, help someone make a decision prior to the crisis. Remember, we had a show on this. Absolutely. Like, I don't want to wait till the crisis occurs. Because at that point now, decisions get very limited. And this is why we do things very different in a crisis. We, yeah. we, we don't have any decisions at that point. We have one direction. And if we don't go there, we're, we're done, right? Right. But, but how can we, before we hit the crisis, we may see some signs of this now begin to prepare ourselves and prep ourselves to make some changes prior to the crisis. Yeah. Right. Th- that's brilliant. I mean, mm. that's super important. And and I think I have a decent example for that, that I, I think hope should be mm. helpful. I did not run away, but I heard myself say when I was asked if I could do anything, I, if I, when I was asked if I could do anything, I honestly admitted what I had been thinking about, which was running away. Now that would have created such a terrible crisis. Um, and I didn't have to do that and experience it. That would have actually been the crisis, right? (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) You know, but what that, that was actually just, you know, my crazy, you know, fearful thinking in my head, um, that finally I was able to be honest about. So, so there's for sure, you know, it doesn't have to, 
you know, the, you don't have to hit rock bottom. You just have to be honest about, are you thinking in such a way that will create rock bottom if you don't make a change? We, uh, we, we said something, uh, uh, on a show back. Um, uh, if, if you're making a decision in your business or you're, or you're, you're, you're moving the chessboard, would, would we, uh, would we be okay with our kid, our, our daughter, our son, our, who, who's not a baby? I mean, who, who's, you know, teenager or better uh, or older being in the room watching every one of those chess piece decisions would they be okay with it uh i haven't thought about that in a while travis but but when we talked about that that day it was sort of like oh it made you be go back across some recent decisions and go that would have been kind of difficult to explain to hannah yeah. <laughs> you know yeah or maybe it's your wife or mm-hmm. whoever yeah. that is yep. maybe maybe it's you know your pastor that you that you hold up and want to put in that room but but maybe maybe that in your day-to-day to see you know when people have the what would jesus do you know that was kind of that that deal it became more of a marketing thing but 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 really if you it goes back to what we talked about a lot if we don't have a baseline of some kind by which we run decisions across a filter Yep. Uh, and, and, and that, and that, and those decisions get filtered based on just our own, what's good for us. Then we become our own God and we become very selfish and, and right. there's no telling where those decisions lead. We see it in today's culture. So what is the foundation by which you're running these decisions across, you know, really, it, really the question, what, what is the mirror that you're holding up and, and are perfect. you, are you able to look at it and, and give an honest opinion? And if not, we need somebody in your life, um, you know, I think this is hugely important for anybody. You got kids coming of age here and our kids, you know, they're, they're at the age of, I mean, I seek other adults to come in the room because I, my voice isn't too loud in their life uh, anymore, like when they were little kids, but Joe's voice might be, I mean, my, you know, my, my kids mm-hmm. might hear Joe or might hear another adult. Um, and, and so I sort of, so I'm actually thinking for them in terms of, of how do I get a board of directors in their life? Cause they're not seeking that out, right? right. They're just sort of waking up and, and going through it. But you said one thing, and I know we're short on time, but I think this is something that I learned in terms of staying in the moment. I kind of went through a study on this cause I recognized, you know, again, I'm, I'm an over classic overthinker and it's causing all this stress and anxiety. And it really is fear-based. You use that word too. Honestly, it really is out of control and fear, but you know, you are not your thoughts, right? Right. The, the the moment you begin to accept that, man, I'm having this real. I, mean, I want to leave town. <laughs> I know I got kids. I got this business. You know what? I'm gonna check out. You know, I'm gonna check out. Hey, that's me saying that. This must be how I feel. This must be something I need to act on because this is really what I want. I, I think there's danger in accepting a thought and internalizing it as you. And I love that. When you brought this up a while back, I, I, that was powerful to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. You know, it, you, you really are your actions. That's right. You're That's what, really what you are. You're what you do with that, that thought. Yeah, it's, right. it's your combination of a lot of actions that you've made, not your thoughts. Yeah. You, you can defeat your thoughts. Um, and that's, Wow. 
hard to do that alone, right? Hard. It's hard to do that alone. You got to have people around you. In, in, in fact, that's what you're taking to the people. It's like, hey, man, yeah. I've been thinking about this. I want to say this out loud to you. <laughs> and I want you to tell me when I say this out loud, yeah. what do you think? Is this crazy? Yeah, yeah. If you're an isolationist, if you are a loner, if you are not seeking relationships, it's dangerous. Uh, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Or if the relationships that you have are all a bunch of people that are just like you, just like you, that are, you know, uh, futurists, action junkies, you know, um, that just egg it on, um, you know, that, that'll go for a while, but, um, yeah. So look for, look for friends in different avenues. I think that's probably a typical thing to do. I, I, I just wanted to say one thing. Um, the idea of living the quiet and peaceable life is something, um, you know, totally outside of my experience, generally speaking, if you look at my track record, but, um, you know, I, I think that's what I want. (laughs) I think that's what I want. I think, uh, I think that's, that's relief and that's comfort. And, uh, that's, pretty cool i think you know metaphorically i would say i want peace and um a quiet life with a lot of adventure (laughs) with a lot of unknowns with i mean i gotta get you know i want my blood i want my blood to pump right but i want to be peace and and tranquil in where i'm at who who i am what matters to me where I'm spending some time. You know what I mean? I, I think Absolutely. that's what you meant. Cause you, 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 you did yeah, go on your motorcycle I, and drive down here today. You didn't, sure. you didn't, you didn't do that in an old truck or something. I mean, right. You're an adventurist. Yeah. Um, but I, I am, I'm starting to think that the experience of, you know, what I used to call the mundane life, you know, the normal life I I'm, which is just life you know, with mm-hmm. the motorcycle or without the motorcycle, mm-hmm. I actually do think that that experience of the moment, you know, one day at a time living now, um, reality, you know, rea- like living in reality as reality is, I think is probably the most exciting thing there is, you know, and I'm, I've tried a lot of stuff to, to, you know, fill it in and 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 that's that's my the kick i'm on now <laughs> well yeah, well, it's take it's taking in taking in the moments as mm-hmm. they come right if we're always one one thing i i struggle I, I don't like to commit to a trip in the future mm-hmm. because i don't want to think about the trip in the future now a guy calls me up and says hey you want to go this weekend i'm like well hell yeah let's yeah. go yeah so to me that's an adventure the planned trip causes anxiety and stress that does or make sense. or the you know, I want to go like, I want to go, uh, uh, do the trip around the world. Well, the anxiety and stress around me figuring out how to get that done is not what I want to experience. Right. Six I'm months good of with, planning. It actually ruins the trip. Uh, yeah. Itself. I'm good with somebody calling me and say, Let, let's go 30 day trip next, next week. Okay. <laughs> Can we actually pull that off? That would be cool. You know? Right. And, and by the way, we don't really have any destinations planned. That's even better. You know? And so we're all different, of course. I mean, some people really, that would stress them out not to have a plan. Right. So mm-hmm. we're all different there. Some people will be like, no, no, God, that would be horrible. Like I, I, I got to make sure I hit the things while I'm there. And, and it would very much stress them out. To, to, so I do think it is very different for, for each person. 
Um, but uh, anyway, final thoughts here, Travis, well, close I, us out. I, I just think hearing y'all talk about, I, I think the difference you're discussing is the escapist being the solution is just to get away from my environment, which I've done myself and I've seen so many people it do. It works. Mm-hmm. You know, just, well, I mean, Temporarily. You know, temporarily. That's why you come to the basement. Right, right, right. right <laughs> Get away from your well, environment. No, no, no. We, we all need the temporary escape, right? <laughs> but, yeah, the idea of uh, if it's a new business or a new zip code, everything will be fixed because it's new, right? I think that's a false thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think going on the, the life adventure is a valid thought. You know, what what is it that you can appropriately look forward to but still be in this moment, right? It is that thing that's coming up, but that thing's not fixing your life. That thing's just something to look forward to. Like that's kind of the balance that that I seek here. Yeah. Well, okay. So with that, Dave, I want you to close us out. First of all, thank you for being on the show. Impromptu. Uh, Appreciate that. You know, Devin. interview slash. Uh, I would call it more of a philosophical depth discussion around your experience here uh, in this. Uh, you know, in this in this subject matter of discontentment. But uh, close us out with a final thought. Um, well, um, thanks Joe and Travis. And, uh, I guess my, my final thought is really just having, having lived so long, um, feeling this discontentment and, and, and not knowing it at the time. I I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, it, it definitely took some, some, some looking into it, some exploring why, (laughs) why is it never enough? Uh, it just seemed like it was never enough, but why is it never enough? Well, it's just, it's been there for so long. So, um, I, I just, I hope that some people might be able to, uh, look back, you know, at the history of your lives and kind of see if you have some of those patterns, you know, and you might think, well, am I having a midlife crisis or is this just, uh, has this been the way it's been, you know, and just building up and building up and and you're running out of options seemingly, um, just try, uh, doing the next right thing for somebody else. <laughs> really. Uh, it's that really pretty, is the, the, the nugget of the show. You know, d- do something for someone else genuinely and, and see how that, that works. Mm-hmm. Right. Really? Thanks for listening to the big truths of small business. Joe Watkins, Travis Castle and David Ferguson signing out. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth of small business. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Property management. Replace good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truth. We got the truth, we got the truths, we got the big truths of small business sponsored by SIREN.